Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. I am your hostess with the mostest, Kim Doyle. I'm going to paint a picture for you guys because I'm all excited now to be recording this. It is a Saturday morning. I've got my coffee. It's a cool, chill fall morning, um, and I'm pumped. This is one of those episodes that I that I wrote. Well, I always write out the solo shows before. This is episode 17, slowing down to get there faster, and it, there's been a lot on my mind this, I don't know, past few weeks, actually. <laughs> Although I don't know that there isn't a time when there's not a lot on my mind, especially in this space. But I wanted to get real with you guys today. Not that I'm not, but we're going to go in a little different direction. And this is because I've had a handful of conversations with friends lately who are dealing with frustration and challenges in their business, which we all do, right? I don't know that even when money's flowing, there's there's always going to be challenges and ups and downs, right? But in this case, you know, these people, you know, they kind of feel like they're doing everything right. They're busy, they're doing the work, and yet they're still stuck on a hamster wheel and or the income is not there to support their needs, right? I mean, I think a lot of people even if you're killing it now, know that feeling of, oh my gosh, is this going to work? Do I have enough to cover you know, the basic necessities even, right? So tell me if this sounds familiar. And by the way, I apologize if uh, my voice is a little scratchy. I've got some fall allergies going on. I was kind of debating for a few days, like, God, am I getting sick? And like, no, just allergies. All right. So here's the tell me if this sounds familiar. You're creating content. You're promoting your content. You've started building a community. You're really good at what you do, maybe, um, I don't know, developer, designer, writer, whatever, but you know you have the skills, right? That's not the issue here. You've put together some offers, bum, 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 nothing's working, right? You can't seem to get the momentum going that's needed to create the income you need. I'm not saying want, I'm talking need to sustain or grow your business and lifestyle, you know, or tell me if this sounds familiar. Maybe you've had a really good month and you get some traction going with things. You know, everything feels like it's starting to move in the right direction. Then all of a sudden something happens. And next thing you know, you feel like you're taking 10 steps backward. And it may not have anything to do with your business, right? Because there is that thing called life that we still have to live. And life has a crazy way of throwing a a munchie. Welcome to Saturday Morning with Kim. A monkey wrench into our business plans. And before you know it, you're back at ground zero. You guys, the last year, I don't know, last, (laughs) I feel like the last three years have been pretty life intensive for me, right? A lot of challenges and frustrations in my personal life, which for the most part, um, I'd say knock on wood, but I think my desk is laminate. I seem to be past that hurdle right now. However, I do know that life is just life and stuff will always come up and and always happen. And so I want to get into the nitty gritty of this, this on this episode today, because I truly believe at one time or another, we've all been in this space. And the flip side of that is even when you grow in scale, you can end up here, new level, new devil. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but there's, there will always be challenges and things to deal with. And I'll tell you that as soon as I learned to say, well, it's it's simply life. It's not happening to me. It's not happening because of this is life. A deal, you deal with it and you move on, right? Um, but I can honestly tell you that I have found the way out of this space when you feel like, God, do I need to get a job? Do I need to, you know, what's not working? And and that frustration that you can't see the forest through the trees. So I have really found a way out of that space. And I know that regardless of what happens in my business, I'm never going to be there again. Not that I won't have those challenges, but it's truly 
what's going on between my ears, right? And I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning because this episode is going to be part mindset and part tangible strategy. But I also am going to be pretty direct with you. (laughs) So if you're not in the headspace to hear a little tough love today, then I would suggest you come back to this episode later. And you guys know me, I'm not going to be mean. But if you know that all it's going to do is make you feel bad, because sometimes we want to feel bad. And I know that sounds crazy. But sometimes when things go sideways, you know, you want to crawl in your bed and cry, or you just you want to go out with your friends and not think about this. So for yourself, be really, really honest and and step back and say, is this going to be helpful or is this going to hurt today? I, I, and again, you guys, I'm not going to be mean, but I think there's definitely some tough love and and know that I'm addressing myself with this as well, right? So, okay, we're going to dive into this. Let's We're going to start with why mindset is everything. And you guys, I don't know how many times I've heard this. Over and over throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I've heard about mindset. And and probably before that, I really, really got into motivation and self-development like in the early 90s when I was like 22, right? And I started listening to cassette tapes in my car and Tony Robbins and Dennis Waitley and Zig Ziglar and all those dudes, right? And so mindset's nothing new. I listen to things all the time. You guys know that about me. I, I'm a big reader and I watch inspiring stories, but there's always been a missing ingredient as it applies to my business. And it wasn't that the things I was consuming weren't addressing this missing ingredient, but there was nothing in me that could wrap my head around it. So it never really sank in, or if it did, it was fleeting. And there's a reason it never sank in. And, and I'm going to get to that. Uh, so what was this missing ingredient? And bear with me because I'm going to tie this into mindset as well. But the missing ingredient for me was selling. And for me personally, what has helped me shift into a mindset of selling is looking at mastery plus marketing. So let's rephrase this a little bit. I can count on one hand how many people that I subscribe to, follow, or know who is consistently selling. Ben Settle's one of them. And again, if you guys, you guys, I've talked about him so many times. And I know for a lot of people, his voice is not your cup of tea. And I completely respect that. But what I would hope you could do is pay attention to how he does what he does, right? But Ben Settle, it, it he, he, this is probably why he does as well as he does with one primary product, his email player's newsletter. He has other products for sale, no doubt about it. But he literally emails his list every single day. And I would say six out of seven days a week, it's to sign up for email players. Literally six to, out of seven. And then he might send a podcast, you know, sending, uh, I, I want to say he tends to send a podcast episode on the weekends, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, sometimes he'll have, he's got a copy course that he uh, markets to, but really this works because he's mastered his craft, which is copywriting and he's constantly marketing. Now, my guess is that a lot of people are going, I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel good. I get it. And that's what we're going to talk about. But what tends to happen in this space is that people create something. So let's say you create a product, a service, whatever. You offer it and or you launch it. And then you kind of back up again until the next release or launch. And if that's your business model and it works for you, great. I'm not judging that you've got it down well. If you can launch something, if you can create something, you do a few launches a year, whatever, you open and shut the doors because it's a high ticket offer and it sustains your business. There's maybe a recurring revenue model in there. So that's not what I'm referring to with this, right? What I'm referring to are evergreen products that don't actually close. You know, that most people I know sell something and they have a special offer when it's initially released. Then the offer ends, the price goes up, But once the price goes up, they stop selling. And you guys, I'm talking to myself about myself here. There is no judgment in this. And that's, even before we go on, you guys, please know, try to remove the judgment and the stories you tell yourself about any of this. Look at this from 
<laughs> my therapist did this with me recently, fact, feelings, right? Here's the fact. Here's how I feel. Forget the story that you tell in your head about what goes along with this. But the fact is you're not making offers. The feelings are, I don't feel good about that. The stories you're going to, you may want to justify why you don't sell, why you don't do this, why you're not doing it, whatever it is, leave the stories out of it. Fact and feeling, right? So let me ask you this. What do you think your business would look like if you constantly had something up for sale that people knew they could buy from you? And I'm not referring to simply a shop page on your site, which, hello, I don't even have that up like products or shop, right? And I have a handful of digital products that could be selling all the time for me. So, and I'm working on that, but the working on needs to stop and it needs to be done too, okay? But what if you had a product or offer that had a marketing campaign running all the time to drive people to purchase? You know, I said, I'm not simply saying start running ads to a landing page. That's not what I mean at all. I'm talking about what are you doing to drive traffic, to get people into your space, to most people don't buy on the first time. I get that. But to start consuming your content, to get on your email list, to get on Messenger, whatever it is, to get into your group. What campaigns, what things do you have happening all the time running in the background that will eventually drive people to that sale. So here's the crazy thing. This is what running a business looks like. Yet for some reason, we get, quote unquote, busy working, and we forget that promotion and selling is required. It's not optional. Selling has everything to do with mindset, you guys. You have to get out of your own way with this and really work on reframing your thoughts and beliefs about selling. And uh, side note, go to the show notes or Google this. I've put a video in here about reframing the past uh, that my therapist shared with me recently, and it's brilliant. It's like three minutes and 40 seconds. But think about this. How many times have you seen people market with the message of, how to sell without being smarmy, right? Like stop pitching and stop doing this and all of these things. So we're constantly being bombarded with messages of selling is icky. I mean, that's what the copy says, right? And you guys, side note, I'm not referring to a solid marketing method like my friend Landon Porter. So if you guys listen to the last episode about relationships, because they have a Facebook group called Getting Clients Without Being Salesy, because behind that, it they talk about relationship. They teach relationship marketing. And, and you need to remember that salesy and selling, like smarmy salesmanship, right? That and selling are not mutually exclusive. They do not need to go hand in hand. You can sell without being a skadoosh, okay? But we're inundated with messages that selling is bad. Here's a crazy thing. I was thinking about this and I'm like, for the life of me, I can't think of someone who sells like a used car salesman, right? Like we all have that image of the dude at the used car sales lot with the short sleeve shirt and the tie and, you know, hey, you know, (laughs) I can't even come up with a line, but you know what I'm talking about. And truly, who do you know or follow that sells in a way that makes you uncomfortable or you feel like you're being ripped off simply by engaging with their stuff? Now, here's a big important question. How much of that, and if you do have those feelings, right, if you feel uh, by stuff, how much of that is about you and your level of discomfort around selling, not the person doing the selling? How much of that is a reminder that you're never making offers? How much of that reminds you that you're distracting yourself with all these extraneous things, right? And the first person that pops into my mind truly, and I want you to hear this, please, is Russell Brunson. I think a lot of people are turned off by the way he sells. Guess what? I could not commend the dude more. He has built something amazing with ClickFunnels. Whether or not you like the tool, you like the company, you like his style, can you step back, remove the personal dislike of the person? Because you know, excuse my language, but he's not a dick. You know, he's he does a lot of good in the world, but he's built something pretty phenomenal. And he's constantly up-leveling his own personal game about thinking about things differently. So if you don't like him, one, and I'm not saying to go consume his content, but what, why, why, why? You have to ask yourself, be self-responsible here and say to yourself, what about that 
is not comfortable for me. And I'll give you a very specific example with Russell. I still consume all their content. I love it. And I'm happy for them that they've built something so phenomenal. I still have an account. So all of those things. Okay. But, um, Oh, crime. And I lost my train of thought where I was going with this. Um, but, but really, Oh, here, I know where I was going. He has a perfect webinar script, right? And a ton of people kill it with the perfect webinar script. I've done a webinar that I, that I literally created the webinar and then I dissected it and I went back and I reworked it for a month and I recreated the webinar. It worked. All right. But it's much more storytelling and selling than it is teaching and selling. What I enjoy more is teaching and selling. So I also have David Seitman Garland's Create Awesome webinars because he has one called Create Awesome Online Courses, which I have that too. But that style feels more natural in my body. So I did the Creators Nation webinar and I went through and I did that and that felt better. At the same time, I think there's a tweak that I need to make in there, right? So say there's there's like seven points I'm addressing. What can I teach for, address three, and then sell? And all of this stuff, guys, this is just factual. Think of it like like the moving parts of a car, you, and that's a horrible example because I don't know how to work on engines. I know nothing about them, but you have to have all the pieces in there working together, right? So that's how you have to look at selling and marketing. There are pieces that simply work. You have to work at it to find the thing that works for you. So, you know, here's the other thing. Obviously those people exist out there that that are just pitchy. And then, you know, they buy a course on how to do Facebook ads. And then the next thing you know, they've launched an agency on Facebook advertising, but yet they've not really had any success with it, right? The people who succeed doing that are the ones who say, look, I'm getting my feet wet with this. I want to run your ads and let me do it for free for you. I want to get my feet wet, right? So now that's somebody who's in integrity. And then of course there are people who aren't, but here's the deal those people don't stick around too long. You know, one of the things that comes to my mind is JVZoo. How many of you guys remember JVZoo? So many of those products could have been quality products, real companies, solid SaaS software, plugins, whatever, but they were in it for a fast payday. And then it was like, oh, this is too much work. They didn't really want to build a brand. You know, I've seen videos, um, which it's V-I-D-D-Y-O-Z-E, Videos has done a good job of breaking out of that space, you know, and I see them saying, hey, we want to build something sustainable long term. You know, we've revamped, we've upped the software, we're creating content. So all of those things, but all those smarmy, pitchy BS things, all the bullshit that worked five years ago is not working anymore. Okay, so next question, right, is what do you do? You have to change the way you think about selling. And the cool thing is that this is where things can get pretty ninja because when you start, quote unquote, doing the work, which means selling and making offers, all of that starts to feel right. When there isn't a contradiction between what you're doing, or better yet, what you're not doing, selling feels right. I've given this example on the podcast again, but when the, when I went back to digging in with content, producing content, sharing content, it was very easy to sell a product around content marketing, content strategy, right? I was walking the walk. It was, I literally just had to say, oh, I'm going to do this thing. People want it in. And it was like, okay, now my own personal challenges, kick it up a notch. Okay. You've got the people in, you've gotten feedback, go deeper, create a campaign, start running traffic. So, do you know what I'm saying? For me, that's where I get like, okay, it worked. And then I get kind of comfortable. So you have to start stepping outside of your comfort zone. And let's talk a little bit now about mindset beyond selling, right? Because you might be thinking, well, mindset isn't all about selling, obviously. Um, But this year in particular has been huge for me when it comes to mindset. And so I kind of want to circle back to all of the things that I listen to, read, or watch, right? Sorry, man. (laughs) You ever hear your own voice and you think, do I sound as gruff as I, as I feel? Um, here's the deal. We'd be here forever if I started listing and recommending resources and books and stuff, right? Although I'll do, I do have a couple in the show notes and I'm going to share them with you. Um, but where things really started shifting for me was when I started 
doing the work. And I'm not just referring to implementing and taking action, right, on the things that need to be done in my business, but I mean really taking a hard look in the mirror and owning that I am responsible for everything in my life. I I don't know if you guys remember a couple episodes back, but I talked about, or maybe it was just an email I did. I'd had a call with my therapist and it was, it was a game changer for me guys. And it was a real hard look in the mirror. And I'll just give you a little piece that came out of that. And not that I don't want to share it, but that's, <laughs> I'm going to go so off script. This is going to end up being a two hour episode, but it hit me as I was talking with her and I was like, I don't know how serious I've ever taken my business and bear with me here. But I, it was just one of those things that, you know, it's time, Kim, it's time to, to take this more seriously. And I know what that means for me. And I'm going to have a hard time trying to articulate this, so I probably won't. But all I know is it was huge. It was a game changer, guys. And I was like, well, how bad do you want this? Are you willing to do the things that are uncomfortable? Are you willing to do the things that that might bring you more unsubscribes? And the answer to all of that is hell yes, I am. I, You know, I haven't stuck this out for 10 plus years to give up now, right? And so there's this, there is a mindset shift happening for me. But, you know, it was doing the work and, and taking complete responsibility for all the conditions of my life. And obviously, we're going to speak specifically to business here today, that things really started to pivot because the bottom line is that is true freedom. You know, I, other conversations, I've had so many conversations with my therapist. One of these days, maybe I should get her on the show. <laughs> she said she'd do it. I just have to decide if I'm brave enough. Um, but it wasn't until I owned that what I was doing was not working that I was completely able to surrender to this notion, right? This idea that inner peace, which this is bringing in the slowing down element, that inner peace would is what would actually help me achieve all my goals. It, it just that thought was so foreign to me. I always thought, well, it's when I have or achieve X, Y, Z, then I'll have inner peace, right? And call it whatever you want, contentment, you know, um, inner peace. I, I don't care what you call it, but you have to get that. It, it's use the analogy, and I've used this so many times before, of building a house. If you don't have the foundation, the house is going to crumble, right? Or it's going to start, or it's going to be a slow demise, right? The thing is, you can't get the thing and have the thing and achieve the thing without that inner alignment because it's going to be fleeting and it does not work that way. The ultimate goal for me is to be grounded, content, and at peace, regardless of external circumstances or situations. I, a few weeks, well, it was over a month ago now, had a little social media shit show around something controversial, which I'll never do again. Please quote me on that. But what happened, I was triggered because I wasn't in alignment. I wasn't grounded. I wasn't taking the time. You guys, I've been meditating almost every day. I'm starting to crave it, which is this huge gift to myself. And it keeps, all it does for me, well, not all, But one thing it definitively does for me is it keeps me from being reactive. I'm not triggered by stuff, right? But this is why I'm hugely protective of my time and energy. I know what fuels me and I know what drains me. How I feel is my responsibility, not the government, not the economy, not my family, my friends, or big one for entrepreneurs, not what's in my bank account, which is also hugely freeing because it means I can change my circumstances anytime I want to. No amount of action or offers or books or podcasts are going to get you anywhere if you're not doing the work internally and externally. And I know that was probably contrary where I said no amount of action because, and I'm going to talk about what happens with this panic of, I need to sell something. I need to make something. We're going to get into that in a minute. And that's the action I'm talking about. But it's really easy to think I'm doing everything right. You know, for me, not I'm listening to Gary Vee because I listen to all that stuff still. And what I've realized, it just fuels me. It's not my Bible. It's not my way of life. It's a little, it's like entrepreneurial oxygen. Think of it that way, right? But none of that stuff feels good 
if I'm not content and grounded first, right? So here's where the magic starts happening and why slowing down is going to get you fast, get you there faster. As soon as you start taking the time to do the things that aren't immediate payoffs, the sooner things start paying off. Let me give you guys an example, but I need a little sip of coffee first. So about two and a half years ago, after being in a high ticket mastermind, which I've talked about multiple times, I realized I'd really gotten away from doing so many of the things that I loved, which was creating content and connecting with people. I like, I like to make stuff guys, like for whatever reason, I have a ton of fun, like designing an ebook, like in a PDF, right? Like I enjoy that. It's fun to get lost in that. I enjoy this podcast post. You guys is like 2,500 words. I thoroughly enjoyed the process of it. So I, but I'd gotten away from this. I got really wrapped up in having an offer that was at a certain price point that I, and, and, and I wasn't being very true to myself. I started offering a done for you podcasting service, which I will tell you was a great offer. It was very profitable. It was way more profitable than websites ever were. And I met some amazing people along the way. I mean, it was it was a great brand. We had total processes in place. It was easy to sell. And I, from that, with that product, more so than a website, I was always, because I never knew how to position the website sale for that, for what that's worth. But the problem with it for me was that, you know, I never wanted to be the producer. I always wanted to be the star, right? That's the bottom line. Anytime I was doing client and and let me just because of the recovering Catholic, I mean, let me just say it's not it's not fame influencer stuff. I love doing this, right? I wanted to be a motivational speaker for a long time. Like when I found Wayne Dyer, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Part of my goals for 2019 is to start speaking. I love doing this. So it wasn't about, oh, it's it's about look at me. It's I got something inside I want to say. But anytime I was doing client websites or podcasts, I felt resentful because I wanted to be working on my own thing, right? And I know this resonates with a lot of WordPress website people. And I'm not talking, eh, it might, it might strike a nerve with some of the agency owners too, but you have people who kind of fell into this or grew into this the way I did. And you start feeling stuck because there's this time balance of, well, I've got to be doing the work because that's what's paying the bills. If I don't do the work, I don't pay the bills. I know, and, or I'm too tired or I don't want to go create now, right? It's, it's kind of a vicious cycle, but you could probably pick multiple niches, right? On, with online marketing. Um, but I spent the next year plus going back to basics. I started creating more content. I was emailing my audience. This is my almost daily emails that I got into and connecting with people. And it was during that time that I started my Facebook group, Content Creators. The crazy thing with content creators is I was not attached to what came out of it. My initial intention was uh, a membership, right? Which I finally launched super quietly because that's kind of how I roll, guys. Like I need to do something, get it out there. And then I test, tweak, pull it together. And it's like, okay, now go, right? But for me, sometimes it's the ready, fire, aim, get it out there. Anyways, um, with the Facebook group, I, I stayed detached for what I, from what I was going to do with it, and I let it evolve organically. You know, during that time, I had to draw a line in the sand and say, no more websites, no more outsourcing company, no more tech support at all for any people. You guys know that during this time, I thought I was going to launch a SaaS product, right? A SaaS company, lead surveys. And I really thought that that was the direction I was going in. So in a way, it was really this, um, it was like a happy accident in, in, in a sense, because I wasn't, it was so much easier to grow content creators and put energy there because I didn't have any definitive expectations. I knew I wanted it to do something. All I knew is that I was committed to showing up in the group, to being consistent, to connecting with people that were interested in, you know, we need to find another term than taking things to the next level, but, you know, getting better and, and getting out of their heads with creating content. So with lead surveys, though, it, I really thought that's what was going to happen. But after a year plus of moving towards that, it shut down two months after it started. Was I disappointed? Totally, but only for a minute. 
because I'd spent so much time and energy working on what I did want to be doing. It felt almost like a gift as opposed to a letdown. I honestly felt free. And I knew that I had completely brought this into my life. And I did a whole episode on shutting lead surveys down and um, I'll link to that. But I, I just, I don't know. From all of that, it's like I felt free to go all in with content marketing, growing the community, making offers that were in alignment with what I was doing and truly what I loved. And this is such a disconnect so many times where you feel like, well, the stuff you love doing isn't working. And I'm going to have my my dear friend, Reed Zapara, on the show who went from really like a coaching and marketing business. She, she had some list building courses and all of that, but she's an artist. And now she's got this amazing book, Heartwork Journaling, that she's been live streaming, watercolors and painting and all this. She's got this tribe growing and she did it. She stepped back and she was like, what do I love to do? Right. And so I get that you may not have that luxury of the the time to do that in essence, meaning, okay, well, I can't just stop what I'm doing, but you have to, great. If you want out, you have to be the one to say, that means I paint for two hours tonight. That means I do this. And, and you, you get out of your head with the excuses and the justifications and the frustrations of, I don't have enough time, or I need to do something that pays the bills. This doesn't pay the bills. Be in it for the long haul. I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. Um, but from all of this, you guys, the content creators planner was born, which I keep pushing this, but I want to frame this too, because I'm doing this with the brilliant Jody Hirsch. And I had started working on this, and Jody is a you know 25 years in graphic design, knows in design in and out. And I threw this at her. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I threw this at her just like a month and a half ago, right? But it, it's coming. But the cool thing, the the most exciting thing to me about Content Creators Planner is that it ties into every element of what I love. Content marketing, creativity, my love of drawing and pens, marketing, entrepreneurship, all of it, you guys. I, I jumped into, you've seen it. I've shared it socially. You know, I started doing watercolors last fall. And then I got a bullet journal and I was like, oh, this is too strict. But then I started looking and I'm like, Holy moly, this is like a whole world in and of itself. Pens and journaling and and bullet journals and and doodles and monthly spreads and all of this stuff. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I, I could not have painted a better picture of something that pulls everything I love together, right? But all of this happened because I detached from the outcome while having goals, but I kept moving forward, which is making offers, right? I've made more income in 2018 selling products than I did in the previous nine years in my business. Keep in mind, I had a service business. I had recurring revenue with an outsourcing company, but I can't help but wonder what my business would have looked like had I started making offers much earlier on and I had done it consistently. Now, on the flip side of that, I will tell you, I didn't want to get stuck in how to do this and how to do that with WordPress, which which is all I felt I could do at the time. I can step away from that now from a content perspective and see how any WordPress business could go all in with something different and not just be that tech support. There, there's an issue with me that I don't want to be working for someone else that, that always disconnected there, right? I haven't had a six-figure launch yet, but that's okay. It's coming, you guys. I've made more offers and sold more this year in the previous nine, because I love what I'm doing. And I told myself, get it out there, right? Like I ran a summit in March, a content creator summit, and I will definitely do a summit again. I will do it differently and and put stricter guidelines on people to promote and support. And I'll have a, a paid campaign to support it as well. But I did it. And the crazy thing is I did it by myself. My daughter helped. A friend was supposed to help and then kind of bailed. But um, it, from that perspective, I was like, I did this. I made a decent chunk of change and, you know, it wasn't anything to retire on, but I was like, huh, and now I've got this product. Like, I did it. That's it. Okay, so now we're going to get into the tough love part. Let me look at where we're at with time. Okay. So first and foremost, again, if you are coming from a place of desperation because you need the money, it's not going to work, period. You could have the best product, the best offer or service, 
but people can feel that energy a mile away. I don't care how esoteric that might sound. What here, Here's a, another little story. I had a friend uh, that I'm not friends with, and I'm going to hit that down, down towards the end. I'm looking at the post right at the end of the show. But it was always like, oh, I need to to do this to get the cash in. I need to do this to pay to pay rent, or I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this up. I'm gonna make this offer. In the meantime, none of the groundwork has been laid. There's been no consistent publishing of anything. There's been no audience growing of any kind. No list building. So great, so you're gonna throw together a product or a service, but you have no one to sell it to because you're busy, truthfully, bullshitting yourself that what you're doing is work when it's not, you know, ask yourself this. And for me, I've got a sticky note. Like, what are you doing today to make the sale? That if you, if you're not selling and you're not making money, it's not a business, right? Here's the rub you guys with this. Oh, actually I got to back up because I have to tell you, (laughs) this is really fun. Um, that energy, right? So it, it really seeps through. You would be better off getting a part-time job. Seriously, get a part-time job or start selling stuff. Meaning, I and this is a total, this is definitely from a Gary Vee thing. He, I don't know if you guys ever saw his, um, what did he call it? The flip challenge? Go find free stuff on Craigslist and then sell it, flip it. Well, Craigslist makes me a little crazy. I don't know why. It just makes me a little crazy. But he started talking about Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, all right, I, what do I got? What do I have to lose? So what I did, because I hate... I'm just, uh, I don't want to say I'm a purger. I'm not, I'm kind of a minimalist. I don't like a lot of tchotchke crap stuff around my house. But it, growing up, I mean, with my kids, when my kids were growing up, we really, really got into the holidays. And so I have a bunch of stuff to sell that instead of, like normally I would just take it to Goodwill, like get rid of it, get rid of it, clear it out. I'm like, let's see if I can sell it. Because I made like 210 bucks in less than an hour posting stuff on Facebook. I had this like five foot Dracula I sold. Um, a nutcracker that was like four and a half feet. Then I had um, <laughs> I had these light fixtures I had bought from my old house, taped in the box still, like never opened. And I'm like, why do you keep moving these? Like by the time you buy your next place, not that it's for, you're, this isn't a style, you bought these like five years ago. Anyways, you guys, so I'm like, what else do I have to sell? It's kind of become a fun game because Facebook Marketplace, one, it's so easy to put stuff up. Two, it's local people. And and it's just, it's become a real fun game to me. And I'm not doing it. Like, it's not going to become a new business for me. But I'm like, what do I have that I can get rid of? My daughter's one of those people that loves to do like the vintage stores and stuff. You guys, I hate that. <laughs> it's it's like, I'm not a, when I go shopping, I go in to get what I want and I get out. I don't like digging through racks. I don't like digging through, I'm, it's just not me. But this feels kind of fun. And so I'll let you know how it goes probably next month. Uh, when she's up one time, we're going to go maybe hit some garage sales or find some stuff that we could get free or super cheap and flip. But I, I should link to um, Gary V's trash talk episode. Hold on. I'm making a note. He did this and I watched it. He literally went out on a Saturday morning garage sailing and he would find a toy for a dollar that had been in the package or was in really good shape. And he'd flip it on eBay for 30 bucks. He literally made six or $700 in one day. <laughs> It was, it's just fun. Like you look at it and then there's a different way to approach it. Anyways, that really went sideways. But what I'm saying is, you know, or find something else that you can do online that will give you the freedom to continue working at home. Just virtually like Zap, Zapier hires often all of their, their, they do remote workers all the time. You could go apply to Zapier to be customer service Click funnels. It doesn't matter. A lot of these companies hire support or, you know, help create. I'm going to be working actually with uh, Story, Z-T-O-R-I-E. And you'll hear more about that in a whole other episode on creating uh, free training for their customers because they create Google AMP Stories, which is accelerated mobile pages. Yes, you can put them on, on Instagram Stories. You can put them on Facebook Stories. But they are a Google partner now. They're the only company out there that has what they're doing. And here's a little tease for you. Google's going to start including stories in search in 2019. So that's a side fact. But, you know, what comes of that? I don't know. But the whole thing is there are a lot of things that you can do online that are going to that's going to remove the financial stress. Do not put out things for sale. Do not make offers when you're coming from a place of I just need the money. I just need the money. 
because you're totally going to be robbing your audience of the value that they deserve, right? Nothing you create from a place of desperation is going to have the value that you truly want to provide. So you have to get real with yourself and you have to decide, is the money stress worse than the stress of working for somebody else? Maybe a steady income for a while that relieves the financial pressure will allow you to create your best work and show up in a way that you hadn't imagined. You guys, I'm recording this, you know, mid-October, all kinds of retail places are hiring. You may be thinking, I can't go work for 10 or 12 bucks an hour. Maybe not. But maybe go work at Starbucks for 20 hours where you get benefits or something. I don't know, you guys. But the point is, what is more important to you? For me, I would rather go garage sailing and sell shit, personally, <laughs> than I I could never work retail again. It um, served its purpose in my life, but that's an old chapter, right? So, and if you want to make this work with where you're at, then take a hard look at everything in your life and your business and strip back to the bare minimum. What do you absolutely need to keep things moving? You guys, I had to do this when I was like, no more of this, right? Like no more sites and outsourcing. I'm launching a software company, which I thought was going to launch in six months, took a year and a half, and then shut down. Ask me about bootstrapping. I get it. But take a look at your life and see where can you strip things back and then do the things that you haven't done or that make you uncomfortable. Because I can almost guarantee you that if you're struggling, you haven't done these things, right? And the things that I am going to refer to, I've got a list. So let's go. We're going to jump on a list now. And again, these are all in the show notes, guys. But let's see, I just had to double check on my time. (laughs) This is the tough love still. So first and foremost, Email your friggin' list. I don't care if it's 10 people or 2,000. Make a commitment to yourself that you're going to do this consistently. And I don't mean once a month. I mean once a week minimum. If you don't like writing and you don't like email, find someone to do it for you. But you need to do it. Put your big girl or big boy pants on and do the things you don't want to do. This thing of, I'm not a good writer. Guess what? You have to practice writing to get become a writer. Like writers write and you don't have to want to be a writer, but you're never going to get better at writing without writing, right? And again, this is one tiny element of your business. I'm not saying that you have to want to write epic posts and become Hemingway, none of that. But it's a core component of of running a successful business online. Writing is just it's at the core of everything we do. Yeah, video rocks. It does. But guess what? If you can't write a good description and include tags and keywords in that YouTube description, what is the likelihood of that video being found and doing well? Unless you're just a genius and everything is viral, which in that case, you probably none of this applies to you. Create Okay, next thing is create content consistently and then promote the hell out of it. And I am totally calling myself out here. Has this podcast been consistent since I launched it under the Kim Doyle brand? No, I have to I have to hand off editing. It's being done. My daughter's going to do it. I have enough shows that I can be producing two a week. Done, you guys. Interviews. I've got them done. I am the roadblock because I don't enjoy editing. So that is on me. But you have to promote your content. You can't just hit publish put it into your social sharing tool and then go about your business. Revisit it. Look at what's working. When was the last time you looked at analytics to see which traffic, which content was getting you the most traffic? What's getting you the most shares? Have you changed the image? Have you tried a different headline? Have you put calls to action in the content, right? There's all that stuff. All right. Okay. Got to take some more coffee here before (laughs) take some more coffee before I keep ranting. You need to reach out to people and start having conversations. Anyone who has succeeded online and maybe has a business that you want, you know, multiple six figures, whatever, whatever you want, they've done it through relationships, right? How many times who recently, here's a good example. uh, James Wedmore had a launch recently. How many lists am I on that was promoting James Wedmore? I could tell you at least five or six because they have relationships with James, because he's built up a business, he's he's made connections, he's got relationships. You need other people to succeed in this space. You do anywhere, right? But have relationships. Now, on the other side of that, you want to be sure that you're monitoring this as well. It can easily become a distraction that, oh, you're, you have a call, you're talking to somebody, 
and I'm not saying everything should be approached from a, what can this person do for me? I don't mean that at all, but you should be somewhat strategic. You can have those fun conversations. Trust me, I have plenty of people that I've connected with online that our businesses don't complement each other, but they're good human beings. And I like to catch up with them and I like to say hi, but those are not, you know, multiple calls a week because then all of a sudden, guess what? Kim's not gotten any work done. Because I literally had to go through my calendar and block out the rest of October so that I wouldn't schedule stuff. Because what happens with me is I get too excited and I get in this moment of, oh, let's do a live stream. I've got a group. Let's do this. Next thing you know, I'm like spending all my time live streaming other people's products and services. And hello, Kim, where's the live stream for your own stuff, right? So I had to go do that. I mean, I just had this little epiphany this morning of, all right, I need to get someone else in content creators who also enjoys doing this, and it would be beneficial to them, but they can start helping host some of these live streams with some of these software companies that or, or, you know, uh, people that I'm doing this with not people I have personal relationships with. Um, All right. So reach out, have those conversations, participate in Facebook groups, you guys be helpful, answer questions. I this this works. This is a relationship builder. People are going to see you as an expert. You start sharing. You start providing value. I'm not saying not to do it on your own site, but you, again, need people to grow your business. Promote your lead magnet every single week. Don't just wait for people to come to your site. I am totally at fault with this too. It's like, when was the last time I promoted the content traffic Kickstarter course? That's a kick-ass course, you guys. There's 30 lessons in there. I went all in on this. Hello. It's a ton of value. I need to get that, I'll say chopped up, but how much micro content can I pull from that to start promoting? That's just a list builder, right? It's a relationship builder. Um, How many calls to action do you have on your site and within your content? Meaning, do you have uh, a lead magnet like midway through this post? Like I'm looking at this post going, okay, I've got my opt-in to the bottom. Do I have a slide in? Do I have something that says, hey, join content creators? Like you you have to do these things, you guys. Don't assume that just because you have an opt-in on your site that someone's going to either scroll below or that it's above and they're going to have seen it. You can't assume any of those things. You need to, you need to promote your stuff. Okay. Now, <laughs> this is all in caps. Start marketing. One of those things is to run paid ads. Yes, you can start with $10 to run a paid ad. And I am hellbent on mastering messenger ads because they're way cheaper right now. But, and if you're sitting here going, that's great, I don't have money. Guess what? Start with 10 bucks, cancel a piece of software you're not using, sell something you don't need, stop buying courses if you're not getting any traffic with the stuff you already have and are already using, right? Too many people look at a course as, I know, I'm going to buy this $2,000 course. This is the thing. This is what's good. I'm going to do this course. And I've used this example before, like a, a membership, right? Oh, okay. I'm going to go buy a, a membership course on how to do a successful membership. I'll, I'll go through it. Then let's say you're diligent. You go through the course, you do all the work. In the meantime, you're not building an audience. You're not building a list. You don't have a relationship with your list. You're not emailing. You're not creating content. Who the hell are you going to sell your membership to? It's very backwards, guys. Make commitments to yourself to do this. All right. So that was my rant there. Uh, look into marketing channels you're not using, such as Messenger. And guess what? I don't care if you personally like it or not. Get over yourself and invest the time to learn something and do it well. Messenger works. And I get it. If you if it just goes against every grain of your being, fine. Pick something else that you can invest the time, 30 hours of your time to learn and do well. For me with Messenger, I'm setting this up for a few friends. Not because I want to start a Messenger agency, because I want to master it, because I believe in it. I know that I get, you know, 90 of the people that show up to my live streams or to a webinar that I've asked them to register for, that I've emailed them about, are showing up because they're clicking through on Messenger. Enough said. I'll do a whole episode on that later. (laughs) Sell something to your list, you guys, every single week. Excuse me. It can be an affiliate product or your own product. If you have nothing to sell, find, just get in the habit of, of telling people, I don't even care if it's just an Amazon book. And you don't even have to use the affiliate commission because what is that, like 20 cents? To me, getting, you know, for books, I don't know. And maybe that's a bad attitude on my part. But 
it's more work than it's worth to me to go find, you know, an Amazon affiliate link for a book. But you have to get in the habit of making offers. When I started emailing guys more consistently, almost daily, whatever you want to call it, I've said this, I've told you, it was quiet for like a month, right? Crickets. Was I getting unsubscribes? Yep. But then what happened? All of a sudden, huh? Uh, I think it was Thrive. I think I tripled my Thrive affiliate income in like 45 days or less than three. It was crazy because I was really heavily using it and I sent links to content. That was it, you guys. That's my MO for affiliate marketing. I don't just find something that's going to sell. It's got to be a product I use. I usually create content around it and then I make an offer. It, it's People appreciate it. Like, How many times have you shared a tool or resource and people are like, oh my God, thank you. Most people don't care if it's an affiliate link. Hey, you shared it with me. It's valuable. I can use it. I'm happy to make sure you get the commission. So if nothing else, you're going to find your voice when you start doing this, right? You're going to figure out what you need to work on. And it's a benefit that you're going to clean up your list of subscribers who only want free stuff. You guys, I'm ready to more than half my list, ready to cut it in half. I have gone through, I've pulled out cold subscribers. I'm going to send them an email this week and it's going to say, hey, you want to be on the list? If they don't click to stay on the list, then guess what? I'm going to remove them. Thousands of people are going to get axed. Why the heck? Like for my ego, screw it. I don't want to be paying. I can cut my my convert kit fee in half by getting rid of people that aren't opening, reading, or doing anything. It's silly. And then here's the other side of that. It's going to motivate me to get more people on my list again. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to get excited because I'm going to see this lower list number and be like, oh, I got to start doing lead gen, which really should be running all the time. But you know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, next point. Dedicate time once a week to look at your numbers financially. You guys, this is a big one for me because I don't enjoy doing it. But guess what? Too bad. <laughs> Until I can hand it off to somebody. From I always I say for me, obviously you guys know this is for me, but I I realized this was that how seriously are you taking yourself? How badly do you want this? This real hard look in the mirror of in you guys know probably at this point, you know. And I'm not going to get into spiritual stuff or anything, but I really believe in energy, kind of karma, all that stuff, that what is the message I'm sending out to the universe, to my audience, if if I'm not saying what's coming in, what's going out, what do you need, what do you not need, all of those things, you guys, what, how, how committed does that mean you are or aren't, right? And you might be thinking, that's great, but there's no money to be looking at. Well, and, and look at look at it this way. It's it's the practice thing again, right? It's it's getting it's creating that habit of looking at stuff and that whole you know you can't grow if you don't measure kind of thing. Um, but it's the core component. It's that Michael McCallowitz, right, who wrote Profit First, and it's looking at those things, getting it set up. For me, you guys, I have to bring a team on next year. There's no way I can keep doing this. I need somebody to help repurpose my content. I'll always do the original creation. I want to hand off the accounting. I have a friend that has a CPA firm. I just want to go, Suze, here, it's yours. And I will with with Content Creators Planner. It'll be its own entity entirely. So, because I have to keep them separate, there's someone else involved. But know that about yourself. But take the time to look at your numbers, you guys. Do it once a week. All right, next point, get real with yourself. Where are you avoiding things? What aren't you doing that you know will make a difference? For me, and I probably will do a whole solo show on this. It's getting back to the gym. I am so unhappy with my weight right now. And not like, oh, hateful on myself, but to the point where I'm like, I'm not comfortable. I I got into this. This goes back to this call with my therapist where it something really shifted in me. And I was like, well, if you want it or you don't, you don't have to want to, and actually like working out, you guys. But I got into this pissy, I don't have to take my kids to school anymore. I don't want to have to get up early. Blah, 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 blah. Well, great. Is the, is the payoff worth it at this point? No, it's not. So it's time to sort of parent myself and say, you do this for you. You're not doing this because you have to. You're doing this for you. It sets you. I'm totally one of those people that's on a high after I work out. I really, I get giddy. I love starting my day with some music and I, I pound like 32, 40 ounces of water when I work out. Like, I love it. Why aren't I doing it? It doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. That's it, right? I'm making that public 
declaration, right? Here's another thing. Stop engaging with people that make it too easy to stay put. This is that whole friendship that I was talking about earlier on. I have had a handful of friendships become a thing of the past. And while it may have been hard to grasp at the time, it's truly been a blessing. None of these people ever produced anything. They were constantly in the planning, talking, buying courses, changing directions phase. And it made way too easy for me to stay there as well. Not all friendships are meant to last forever. Wish them well and move on. You do you, boo. For someone who says she doesn't say that, I'm having way too much fun saying that recently. But but all joking aside, <coughs> we all have our own paths, you guys. And this is not about judging someone who isn't, quote unquote, doing the work. But if it's not serving you, you know, there are plenty of people in my personal life, like not online friends, that, you know, they they would no quicker do this than I would want to do what they're doing, right? But they get, we're we're used to that with a job, right? You have to, you have to report, you have to do the stuff you don't want to do. It's part of life. But for some reason, there is this, I, I really believe it's this imposter syndrome, and it's not good enough. And I'm not a good writer and all these reasons that people get into, you know, and claiming to be a perfectionist, that's bullshit. Right? I mean, and I'm not saying perfectionism is not a true barrier because it it is, it can be, you know, just, but at some point you have to pull the trigger. And I think the people that claim they're perfectionists are the ones who are never actually doing the work to begin with. So I mean, not everybody, obviously, you know, there are a lot of people that produce and have to get over that fear of something being perfect, but let those friendships go guys or limit limit the time that you have those relationships and those conversations. And it's tough, but I can guarantee you it'll pay off. It has paid off for me so significantly. And I wish these people nothing but the best. I really do. I want them to be happy. I want them to succeed. But, you know, having multiple Skype calls a week where people are complaining about the marketing of other people doesn't do me any good. Um, Be kind to yourself. And being kind to yourself also means parenting yourself, right? I addressed this earlier. Stop making excuses for why you don't do the things you're supposed to do. You're never going to want to write if you don't like writing until you start writing. And that's, I know I keep giving that example. Guess what? Last Sunday, you guys, I spent, I don't know, a couple hours. I think I was listening to a podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, how many, because I got rid of co-schedule a while back and I'm using social web suite, which I want to get a live stream schedule with them. And that is beneficial to me too. Um, but I also have missing letter. And I was like, you need to get these campaigns scheduled, Kim, go in, take the time. I edited the text. I created new images, the whole thing. I spent a few hours making sure I had content going out, right? So just, you know, stop overthinking things, write the post, send the email, get the sales page done, make the offer, right? So that's my little list. And it is a bulleted list in the post. But you know, guys, what I've always found with all of this is that it may not feel fun or exciting at first, but then it starts working. You start seeing results. You have to have the patience to do the work for a while before you see results, right? But guess what? You're probably not getting results now. So stop tricking yourself. Stop telling yourself that what you're doing now buying courses, watching webinars, reading stuff, listening to things. If you can't manage those things while getting something produced and selling, then it's not helping you at all. It's just a distraction. You know, I know for myself, if I have to write, you guys, and I actually have it on the background, still is noisily. I've I've got the rain and and clouds and, um, you know, a crackling fire on in the background because I can't write and listen to stuff. I get distracted. So I have to shut stuff down for a few hours. If I'm going to write out a podcast post or if I'm going to get work done, there's certain tasks I can do when I listen to that. Most of the listening that I do is when I'm doing mindless tasks or I'm out walking the dogs or, you know, a long car drive or whatever, but I don't do it in lieu of doing the work. So, you know, here's another one. Ask yourself, think about it this way. I, my guess is I've got a lot of people who are new. People have been following me for a long time. How many blog posts do you think you would have published on your site? Had you committed to doing this when you first started your business? Had you committed to saying, look, I'm going to just publish once a week. Look, I'm going to publish twice a month. How many blog posts do you think you would have today? Right? Or what if you took the last thing that you sold or offered 
and you tested it and tweaked it until it converted. Most people launch something and if it doesn't work, they just move on to the next thing instead of perfecting what could probably be an amazing product, an amazing launch. If they had decided to focus on getting it right, instead of the end goal of having a a specific dollar payday. You don't have to be good at everything. You just have to be open to getting better. And in the infamous words of Mel Robbins, you're not always going to feel like it. Do it anyway. (laughs) Her five second rule. You don't feel like doing it. Five, four, three, two, one, get up. Five, four, three, two, one, do it. So you guys, it it just, it's, this is heavy on my heart. And because I see the frustration with people and where I said earlier on, I'll never be in that space again because I have flipped it. I'm responsible. If something's not working, what haven't I done? What what am I doing instead? And I know at the end of the day, it's for me, it's selling. Start selling. And you guys know me. I'm not ever going to be like, hey, buy one, get one free. Like, I'm just, I'm not, it's not how I roll. Selling is not smarmy. It's business. Oh boy, this is a ranty one, but I hope there was some value in this for you guys. Um, you know, it really, I just know doing the things that I don't necessarily enjoy doing or aren't an immediate comfort level for me are priceless because not only does it increase my income, but who I become in the process is, is something I'm proud of. So lastly, um, I wanted to share just two resources with you guys. And I've shared this book before. I think I need to do like a master post uh, list. or po- I think I'll probably do like an epic post and maybe a podcast that I break stuff down into podcasts. Oh, I've actually done that when I'm listening to, reading to, or watching. That was in an email once, but like a really, I don't know, kind of epic one where I've got a, a, a lot in there, right? And really good. I'm going to do that anyways. <laughs> But one of my favorite books that I highly recommend reading, it's The Obstacles Away by Ryan Holiday. It's brilliant. He literally, he he's just a, he's a prolific storyteller, but gives real life examples. And there are stories, I mean, literally about like, there's war stories, there's a bunch of stuff, but showing how getting through the hard stuff is, is what's going to get you where you want to go, not avoiding it. And then my therapist just shared this amazing video with me by Jason Silva who is amazing. And now I have a new rabbit hole of consumption. Um, But it's called Can We Change the Past? And it's a way to help you reframe the stories in your mind that don't serve you, particularly the stories in the past, right? Because if you're thinking something today, it's because it's 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 a thought you kept thinking, right? That's what beliefs are, thoughts we keep thinking over and over and over. So... It's literally a few minute video, mind you, I think I'm going to download the audio and he he talks pretty quickly. But I already had this huge epiphany about some financial challenges I've had in the past. And I reframed it and I thought, oh my God, for me, some of the struggles and challenges that I've been through have helped me get to this really grounded place within myself where, because I've, I've never been like a... I don't know. I like nice things. They don't drive me. I've got a nice bag. I like nice, you know, my, my cars are paid for paid off, but my next car, I either want the Audi e-tron or the Audi Q5. Um, I had an A4 years ago and just, I love the car, but my cars are paid for right now. I don't want a car payment. Right. But that I, I shifted to, I don't know. I really, I let go of what I've been through as as um, it, one, it doesn't define me, but two, I thought what a blessing that it was because I'm so detached from material things. As long as I get to keep doing what I'm doing, I have enough money to do the stuff I want to do. And again, I have high financial goals. So that I'm not saying that you can't have one without the other, but what came out of the hell that I've been through is I'm super detached and I'm so happy in my life. And I'm so grounded that had that not happened, I wouldn't I was definitely a keeping up with the Joneses person, you guys. Like there was, you know, with my husband and I, there was a time when it was like, <laughs> it's just funny to me, but, you know, had like a loaded uh, Eddie Bauer expedition. He had a brand new F-350 Super Duty. He worked for Ford, which is why, but it was like the cars were loaded. Then we had the boat and then he had a Harley and it was like, what the F? Like, <laughs> and, and. And you guys, I'm not judging those things. I would happily have a, a, a boat again. It was a blast. And I'm glad we did all those things. And I'm glad he did it, right? He lost his life at 32. Thank God 
we did some of those things. On the other side of it, I mean, I sold the boat, I don't know, a year and a half after he passed because it's a ton of work. And the only way I'd own a boat is if I had somewhere to leave it and dock it. I don't want to spend three hours cleaning a boat after being out on the water all day. Um, but again, I'm, I'm sharing those things with you guys and not say, oh, look what I had or have had or whatever. But I, I'm detached. There is no attachment to stuff for me or, you know, what... I don't know what other people think. I don't care. It's been such a blessing. And now I feel blessings just flowing into my life. I don't use the term blessings a lot, but you know, money flows a lot easier for me. People, projects, opportunities. I'm going to be speaking at a mastermind event next month. All of these things are flowing to me because I'm so detached and I'm so in alignment with what I'm doing. So anyways, this was wordy over an hour today. Wow. I am actually off to see a movie with my daughter. So need to go sort of clean up because again, I don't care. (laughs) I'm just going to go sit in a movie theater. But um, you know, I love you guys tons. And I hope if this resonated with you, let me know this, this stuff is powerful. And it's that inner work that has to be done while doing the outer implementation work. That's going to get you there and try to remove judgment I've I've learned this. My therapist just is amazing, guys. But try to remove the judgment about what you have done, what you are doing, where you're going. Let go of the judgment. And and taking self-responsibility isn't about blame. It it actually removes it all because it's not right or wrong or good or bad. It is, remember, fact, feeling, story, right? It is, it happened. Okay, what can I learn from that? What can I tweak? You know, and start working on shifting your beliefs. Anyways. Have a fantastic day, you guys. Like I said, I love you tons. If you've not joined content creators, what are you waiting for? So you can go to creatorsfbgroup.com. That'll take you directly to content creators. And if you've not left a review in iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify, I don't know how Spotify reviews work. I'm going to have to look at that. Um, I would love it. It would mean the world to me. So on that note, have a fantastic rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening. We'll catch you next week. 